In the spirit of reconciliation, Siren Sport acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Siren Podcast. I am Gemma Bastiani, very excited to be here, also co-founder of Siren, and I am joined by the equally excellent, I just big noted myself there, uh, co-founder <laughs> of Siren, Dr. Casey Simmons, so probably better than me. Um, hey Casey, how you doing? Not at all. Hi Gemma, definitely not better at you, and I would like to think that we're of equal excellence, because I'm feeling very excellent lately, I'm big noting myself, we've done a lot of good stuff, so let's pat ourselves on the back. We have done a lot of good stuff, it's been quite a good year for Siren, hasn't it? It's been an amazing year, like I sit down every now and then the last few months thinking about all the challenges of this year and how hard it's been for a lot of us and I think about some of the things we've been able to do because we have Siren and I'm just so proud and it makes me so happy and it really has been, I think we've spoken about this a little bit before on the pod, just you know Siren is a really happy place for a lot of us um, and we didn't really think of it that way at the start we wanted it to be a happy place outside of a lot of the challenges that we were just facing in the sports media landscape and then you know 2020 and 2021 happened and <laughs> we've yeah. um, found a, a happy place in a different way so I'm very grateful we have it and yeah just amazed of what we've been able to, to achieve and the path that it set us on to keep achieving cool things moving forward so yeah we've done cool stuff let's Let's say that we have done excellent stuff and lean into the excellence for today's pod. I'm all about the positivity. <laughs> That's the thing though. Like we both are looking at what we've got coming up in the new year and opportunities that we've got and all that sort of stuff. And I can very clearly say that um, the opportunities I have coming up wouldn't exist if it weren't for Siren and probably something else that I've done. But like I, I wouldn't have been able to do this off my own back if that makes sense um and the other thing is i was uh, lucky enough to be part of the making the call program last week and um we were doing intros and there were 15 incredible women um involved in the program we're sitting in this like horseshoe semicircle thing for the for the day's activities and as people were going around i was like you've contributed to siren you've contributed to siren and i was sitting next to marnie vanell who we'd published the day before and mm -hmm. one of the mentors, so one of the industry people that was there, um, commended Marnie as she was doing her introduction on her piece. And she turned to me and she's like, thank you to me. And everyone was a bit confused. And I, and I went on to mention, yeah, that was published on our platform. And Erin um, Delahunty is another regular contributor of Siren. And she yelled from the other side of the room, and they pay. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy McCann was also there and she said yes they pay and it was just really funny like this this thing of like amazing that there were so many cool women in the room that we've been able to give a platform to but also I was amazed at how surprised all these women were or impressed that these women were that we would pay them for their expertise it's just like mm. uh, it feels like we've come such a long way but it also feels like there's still a way to go I guess is what I'm saying yeah definitely um we have come a long way and yeah we've been able to do so much more than I thought we'd ever be able to do and even just on the payment things like it's so interesting to think about because like I always get 
really a little bit sad when someone is actually surprised that they'll be paid for their work in this space because it you know it has come from such a, a history of that being really uncommon which is just devastating to think of so many people not being remunerated for their work and being forced out of the industry and not being able to do it because they can't just do it for the love of it mm -hmm. um and then i know there are challenges around that and yes, we're able to pay and that's such a big um, part of our values and, and why we created Siren was to create those opportunities. And I guess, you know, we do that in a really limited way. Like I understand that, like we can't publish everything and we do get some great pictures every now and then that we're just, we don't have the capacity to do that. And we make that really clear that, you know, we love the story and we would love to be in a position to do it and, you know, repitch at a different time. So we're, we are quite constrained with our budget, but I think when you make that your core business and you make that your values, you are able to achieve a lot. Um, yeah. And we can only commission a certain amount. Um, we're not a huge big media empire. Um, you know, we're trying. <laughs> we'll yeah. get there one day. Slowly, but we're getting there. Just, we're slowly getting there. But once you set that out as that's what we do and we set that as our goal and what we believe in, like we're able, we've able to have so much more impact than I thought we would. Like I didn't know if we'd be able to sustain that. And it's only, you know, maybe um, like we're able to do one or two no, I'm not sure actually the numbers, but a couple of months, I would say. Um, but that's still a start and that starts a groundswell and that starts to set the value of the work that these women are contributing. Um, and they're able to take that into other spaces and understand what they can negotiate for their work and build mm -hmm. that. So I know maybe we only have like a little... Um, I know the metaphor that the Ray sisters put out when they were doing the making the call was all about the ripple effects and yep. I've really lent into that. So maybe we're just like a little bit of a ripple too, but then you have Emma and Lucy lady making the call and they've got their ripple. And if, you know, some of our contributors are able to take their work to another media platform and, and get some experience there and that's another ripple, like it just keeps going and going. So I'm so proud that we set that goal and we haven't caved on that because it's too hard and you know we want to just get the story up so we say oh can you do it for free this time and lean into the guilt that you know we've all had that pressure on us yeah. at some point or another because we do just want the story out i think we've been really strong with that and i'm really proud of ourselves from that and hopefully that just sets a really strong intention moving forward that that's what we stand for and that's what we're going to keep doing yeah it's something i am incredibly proud of uh in case anyone saw mm -hmm. my Twitter, my tweet last week when Marnie's piece came out. Um, speaking of content, we have our weekly newsletter. We've mm -hmm. just sent out our last regular newsletter of the year, um, which takes us to 88 newsletters. So we launched Holy on... guacamole. <laughs> yeah. We launched on the 13th of January, 2020. And in that time we've sent out, it, it has been more than 88 newsletters, but 88 regular newsletters. Um, we thought today between the two of us and Kirby should probably be here for this conversation because she's a big part of it too. But, um, every Monday night, it's a mad scramble to get the, uh, the newsletter together. And I've been utterly useless in the past few weeks because I've been teaching on Monday nights, which leaves you and Kirby to do the bulk of the work. Talk us through, talk us through, talk our listeners through the process of, getting all those things together because there's one thing to have the content but it's another thing to craft a newsletter definitely and i thought this would be a really good time to have this chat when i messaged you 
um, about what we would talk about on the show this week, um, because we, like you said, we just put out our last regular newsletter for the year. Um, I can't believe that we've done that, that it's already another year of um, putting out a, a newsletter almost every week of sports mm -hmm. content that feature women and women in sport and non-binary people. Um, I'm just like blown away that we're at this point of the year really, but it's, um, it's an interesting conversation to have because I feel like a lot of our listeners, um, even if they're just fans of Siren, some of them are doing their own things, whether it's um, their own sports content or things for work or they're working in the digital space. Newsletters are a thing that's pretty common that people sort of uh, find a way to, to do themselves. Um, there are so many platforms available now for that. And I think it's a really easy thing to think, yep, like let's put out a newsletter or let's do this. And then you realize, it's actually a lot of work to put out a newsletter. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that we kind of realised um, early on because I guess going back to, and you're taking us back to that date, Gemma, in 2020 when we first started, oh, my God, that seems like forever ago now. But the goal, I think, with our newsletter was we were really um, – strategic around what we could achieve at siren or being um you know coming to the space with other work and full-time jobs and study and doing it essentially for free but wanting to create a space that was sustainable and not taking up too much of our unpaid labor which we talk about a lot so building a website we were not going to be able to publish new content every single day. Um, we weren't going to be doing breaking news. We weren't going to be doing match reports for every game. We just couldn't do that. And there are people out there doing it and major news outlets should be doing that work. We were going to just do what we can to fill the gaps and tell the stories that we thought weren't really being told and to add a little bit more to the coverage. So we decided to do a weekly newsletter because we thought that would be a more sustainable way to get our content out and do it weekly. We could all manage that within our different schedules. And then we were able to bring in, like we've talked about before, other contributors to help um, contribute to the coverage and remunerate them for their work. So I think looking back, I was a bit like, a weekly newsletter, that's easy. We're not producing content every day. We're not on call every day. It's just once a week. Um, I put a newsletter together every week for um, you know the Fitzroy Football Club, which we spoke about what we all do in the community um, sports space. That's my role um, as a, a volunteer in community sport. Um, and I just put together our stories and a little match reports and scores from the weekend. And it is a bit of work, but I thought, oh, I can do that like another... <laughs> another once a week newsletter no problem it's a lot of work Gemma <laughs> I know <laughs> as, <laughs> as we've sort of come to learn um and it does take a lot of us to put it together so it is mostly the three of us yourself me and Kirby who are able to have the time to do that um and then we do have help every now and then from the other co-founders when they're able to dip in and they're contributing something um or focusing on a on a theme for that issue but that um the I guess the system we have in place, it is, I'm really proud of the structure we have around it because of how we all come to siren balancing so much. Um, but some weeks it does fall down a little bit just because life gets in the way and they're stressful at the time when we get the messages that, um, you know, a piece might not have come through or some content we were waiting on has been delayed and we're short um, yeah. or someone, um, sort of promised to do something at a certain time and something came up with, you know, another job or another priority and then that person needs to do something and this is usually me um, at midnight 
And I say, I'll have this done at midnight, ready for you to see the next day. And these sort of um, Hail Mary messages we send to each other um, are so funny to me now, but at the time, probably not so funny. Um, but yeah, I guess we're going to try and give you, um, our listeners, a bit of a, I know, fly on the wall to to those conversations that we have on a, on a Monday night when <laughs> we're putting this all together. Um, maybe, Jebba, how do you see the, the newsletters coming together on Monday night? What's your experience? So I kind of, I should clarify that um, in terms of who actually does the content, who actually puts it together to be sent out, uh, that's separated. So the bulk of it, you and, and Kirby put together actually, you know, the written copy that is in the newsletter, not the content that's on the website. Um, and I am in charge of, you know, making sure it uh, is scheduled and ready to go out on the platform that we use, which is Substack. Um, I kind of threw a spanner in the works in September when I one of the classes that I teach got moved to a Monday evening, which meant in prime newsletter scheduling time, I was teaching and, and not available. So uh, that's been, I think, a challenge. But we have done a, a podcast episode already on how we put our introductions together. So we will link that in the show notes below. But there are quite a few different components of our newsletter. And the thing mm. that I really like about it is that we're able to, well, there's a big focus on sharing the work of other women, other people writing or covering women in sport um, without it having to be our content. We're really happy to promote the work of other people doing really good stuff um, because I think the women in sports space, I was talking to Emma and Lucy race about this actually. And it's not a competitive thing. It doesn't have to be competitive because there is space for all of us because everyone's got their own niche ability and interest and skill set. So by us, what is it? Um, a rising tide raises all ships. Mm -hmm. And I think that's mm -hmm. our, that's always been our outlook on siren. So that's why siren call exists, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think, Siren Call for me, I remember having that chat early on about doing something like that where when we were talking about, you know, what the newsletter would be um, and those early days of, yeah, what kind of content would we actually want in there? We did have that really collaborative approach and wanted to shout out the stuff that was already happening in the community um, and bring a lot of it together. Um, and that comes back to, I guess, how Siren is named. We've called it a women in sport collective because we've always had that collective approach of bringing everyone in and celebrating everyone in the space. And like you said, it's definitely not competitive. We're all here to lift each other up. And I had this idea years ago, all I used to want, which we might do here and now on this podcast now that we have it, but I used to just want to have a podcast where I could just talk about a bit... Um, Lee Sales and Annabelle Crab style, like their podcast, Chat 10 Looks 3, where they just talk about books and films and um, that they've read and seen and things they've baked and stuff. And I was like, I just want to do that for, you know, women in sport journalism because I read so much, I consume so much, and I just want to talk about the craft of writing and how things are written and, and put on the page and, um, and different stories. And I just want to do that as a podcast. Um, that's like an idea on a list of many ideas I have that I'll get to <laughs> at some point maybe. But I think Siren Call kind of filled that um, that sort of little passion for me where I just wanted to share stuff and I wanted just to collate stuff in a way um, 
that it was sort of easily found. And I think a lot of things we pull in there, um, you know, they do come from some mainstream media and they're out there and people who are in the space probably see them. But we try to have a bit of a balance of sharing, you know, sports that people might not be so aware of, celebrating the work of the people that we work with a lot and, and showing a lot of support, um, celebrating great achievements by athletes and things that have just happened in the sporting world. So I um, mostly am responsible for putting together Siren Call and it is just some weeks a genuine joy just to put together just a chunk of great stuff in the space. And it's also a really great tool I discovered um, once we partnered with Deakin and through our internship program and we brought um, our interns in, um, I sort of delegated that task to them while they were doing their program with us because it's such a great way to get people who are outside of the sports media space across what's going on and who the um, you know, major players are, I suppose, in the sports media space um, and getting them across their work and, and following them on social media and coming um, to a space to find where those platforms are that aren't getting as much visibility as they should and seeing um, other people then navigate that space and finding amazing stories themselves is also really exciting. Um, when our previous interns have sort of said, I found this story, do you think it'd be good, good to include in Siren Corp? Like, yes, like, well done. That's awesome. That's something yeah. I didn't find, but they bring their own interests and they follow their own nose in the space. And um, I really enjoy that a lot. So I'm glad that we have... Um, that feature as part of the newsletter. It does take a bit of time to put together because you've got to collate a lot of stuff. But I think that's something important that we do to make sure the work of others um, and celebrating other people always has a place in what we do. I think that's the thing as well. I, I did a Twitter thread not too long ago. I always talk about Twitter when we're on the podcast because I live on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was about there's always this conversation and it's a valid conversation that women's sport doesn't get the coverage or the attention that it deserves in the media. That is true. And we all know that and we're all working to fix that. But I think the big other part of that is then let's celebrate and recognize the people that are doing the work because we can constantly complain that it's not there, but when it is there and we're not recognizing it, that's, just as bad so I think that's been a really good thing as well is that bringing attention to the people that are doing the work whether it's on our platform or not and that's been a really positive thing I think yeah absolutely and I think it's um I mean that's an interesting conversation to have around you know just the overall coverage of women in sport and women's voices in sport in um, mainstream platforms like absolutely there needs to be more and there needs to be a bigger a bigger place for that um but at the same time it, i don't want that and the end point of that conversation to be that you know all the work that's happening in these alternative spaces and independent media disappears because it's then all taken up to mainstream media level and it's 50 50 and everything's perfect like i think there's a place for both um mainstream Absolutely. media needs to do more and these spaces i think really thrive um once people know about them and can come to them with their niche interests and how they actually want to talk about sport in different ways that even if mainstream media was able to get to 50 50 coverage of women's sports it's still going to be done in a very mainstream media way um there's still a place for different conversations and different voices and creative ways to cover sport that still exists in, in independent media so i think 
we're kind of doing two things um, in my view is that, yes, we're pushing for more coverage um, and bit more visibility um, at that level. But, yeah, let's celebrate what's happening here because the stuff that's happening in our space in independent media and alternative media is still really great and, um, you know, and is growing and, and becoming such an amazing space to connect with. So let's put that stuff out there for the people who may not know about it and bring more people there and then also still challenge the status quo of sports media at the same time I think we're doing kind of two things at the same um, yeah. time there well mm. uh, I mean you're doing it because you're you do all of that work um, <laughs> um we all do it <laughs> there's another really important part of our newsletter which is the tweet of the week which is presented by GraphCAD consultants at the moment who are very kind sponsored of ours um do you remember how that came up <laughs> I don't know if I should admit this or not, but it's like I've blatantly stolen that idea from another <laughs> show. <laughs> um, it's a um, men's basketball podcast um, that I quite enjoy. Um, so they do a, a tweet of the week, but they kind of do it in a bit of a different way. Um, it's a bit obscure, but um, I just thought there's so much good stuff happening on Twitter in the women's sports space and the women in sports space. And that's how we all sort of came to the space is because we were able to claim social media and like little pockets of social media as our own for us all to find each other and connect um, and kind of get away from the, the ugly sides of social media when it comes to women's sport. So a lot of our community who are on social media are really good at social media yeah. and do really fun things um, that just make me laugh that are funny memes that are shouting out what they're doing in community sport that are um you know making like you're putting funny gifts up when they're talking about their favorite athletes um and then equally i think over the last couple of years we've seen athletes lean into that as well and really show their personalities um on social media and twitter in particular so I just wanted to put like fun stuff in our newsletter and just shout out um, people and, and sometimes just shout out our friends and who we work with who are, who might have, might have achieved something or who are putting a book out or are doing a show or just gotten a good, good job um, in yeah. sports media. And we just want to high five them virtually and say, well done. Um, I think that's sort of the part of the newsletter that, yeah, that and Siren Call is where I sort of jump in. It's just like, what's brought me joy this week and who do we want to really celebrate and say that, like, we see you and we see what you're doing and we're so happy for you and supportive of you. And and we kind of, I guess, maybe going back to the conversation about the introduction, which um, you mentioned we had those a uh, few weeks ago, it kind of like top and tails the newsletter, I think. Like the introduction kind of sets the tone and talks about some things that are happening. And sometimes um, that can be quite celebratory, but sometimes um, it can point to something that might have happened that, you know, there's a bit of an issue or we want to address something um, or bring attention to something that's happening in the space. Um, and then we go through our content. And then I think that, you know, Siren Call um, will still include some content that might be covering issues um, and and serious things of course um but it's also kind of like brings the newsletter to a close of like shouting out good things that are happening i think which i kind of like how we have that structure um and i kind of like that narrative journey that we take our readers on but i guess maybe thinking about that now that's maybe leading into the assumption that all our readers read every single word of our newsletter <laughs> which i'm sure we have some skim readers and that's okay no um, they all but... they all read everything we write <laughs> 
absolutely right okay good I thought so (laughs) I knew it (laughs) hey speaking of good things um let's wrap this this chat up as we always do now thanks to you um with a good thing from the week Casey what's your good thing from the week I just realized from this conversation that this is something else I've stolen from another podcast. I just like oh, you did. I have no original ideas. I just pay <laughs> I pay homage to all of my favorite shows. So of course I've taken this from Burn It All Down, which I've mentioned before. You did um, fly absolutely that. will shout them out every time <laughs> because I love all of those amazing women on that show. Um something good. Oh, I think I'm on a bit of a the spot this week because it's such a busy week coming into the end of the year. Um, I think something good is that I, and I mean, we're in a bit of a tricky time with, I guess, maybe this new COVID-19 variant, maybe playing a bit of havoc and it's a bit uncertain, but, um, I don't want to think about that too much now, but I just, I booked a plane ticket this (gasps) week, um, to head back to Mildura, um, for, for Christmas to see my family and my friends and really hoping that everything's okay, that, I can go up and visit them. Um, still in the state of Victoria, so I'm not crossing borders. So hopefully that makes it okay. But I think just booking that in and knowing that that's a couple of weeks away, um, I can go see everyone that I love and have a bit of a break because um, it's a bit of a busy time at the moment for a lot of us coming out of lockdown and seeing people and working hard and trying finishing off the year. It's a bit stressful. I'm not going to lie at the moment, Gemma, but yeah. knowing that that's there for me is um, is my good thing. I'm very much looking forward to that. Amazing. What about yourself, Gemma? What's good in your life? Well, I, a few weeks ago, uh, the Dockers, Fremantle Dockers asked if I would do a series of, of feature interviews for their with their AFLW players as they head into the season to kind of ramp up their coverage. And, of course, I said yes because, of course, I'll do that. Um, and the first piece went up today, which um, means everyone can probably go back and know which day we recorded this. Um, but it seems so far – I mean, it got published right before we jumped on here. So I'm seeing my Twitter notifications go – behind the zoom window so I'm sure that means that everyone loves it right um absolutely (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's just um I really love not just speaking to players and coaches um but I love being able to bring attention to those players because you know as we the whole of siren dictates you know these players work really hard these coaches these administrative staff work really hard for very little pay and not as much recognition as they deserve. So the fact that a club um, wanted me to help bring more attention to those players makes me really happy. makes me feel good. So yeah, if there are any any other clubs listening, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And for all those other clubs listening, you won't get anyone better than Gemma Bastiani writing your AFLW content. That's so nice. Can vouch for her. <laughs> um, no, I'm so excited to jump off and read that piece, Gem. Um, that'll be the first thing I'm doing after we get off the pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, um, we should flag if you do uh, are, are a regular newsletter reader and you think there's something that you'd love to see added or something that you really like about it, um, let us know on social media or via email. We, we want to hear from you. We want to make sure it's the best product it can be for you because it is for you. Um, so you can email us at contact at sirensport.com.au or find us on Twitter or Instagram at siren underscore sport. But also Casey, if people want to find you directly, where can they find you? 
Um, they can find me at Casey Simons on Twitter or at Casey underscore rights on Instagram. Um, would be more than happy for anyone to tweet me any ideas, any cool stories that you see that you think that we can include in our siren call section or our tweet of the week section. Um, and, you know, just stuff that I can read because I just love reading all the amazing <laughs> content that's out there. I'm a huge reader. Um, so yeah, tweet me, um, ping me on Instagram and send me all the cool women in sports stuff you got. <laughs> um, thank you, Casey. I love Casey's Twitter feed because she's a social media influencer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm at... Gemma admitted some words there. Um, Try hard <laughs> social media influencer is me. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good content. Um, I'm at GL Bastiani on Twitter if you want AFLW stats. Um, that's mostly what I'm doing a countdown to the 2022 season right now. So that's a that if you if you're interested in that, that's the place to go. Um, but yeah, make sure you go to sirensport.com.au and check out our content, subscribe to our newsletter. You can become a paid subscriber for $5 a month or $60 per year if you want to help us. Um, continue to pay those contributors uh, what they deserve um, and yeah subscribe to the pod uh, like and subscribe all that sort of stuff comment whatever you're meant to say to people thank you for listening to another episode of the Siren Spot Podcast we'll be back in another week see you Casey see you Gemma bye everyone thanks for listening